This is Small Business as Usual, a program about the art of operating small enterprises and the issues faced by the owners. It's a presentation of the Community Economic Development Fund in Meriden, Connecticut. I'm Frederick Welk, a business advisor for CEDF clients. The Community Economic Development Fund is a nonprofit lender providing financing to qualified small businesses in Connecticut that can't obtain traditional bank financing. More about CEDF at the end of the program. This episode is about facing uncertainty. Throughout the unfolding of the COVID-19 crisis, as I spoke with small business owners and heard reports from our other business advisors, I drew some encouragement from the resilience and determination of so many of our clients and other business owners who contacted CEDF for information and assistance. This got me wondering, what exactly makes some entrepreneurs better suited for the most emotionally challenging part of business ownership, dealing with uncertainty and facing this inevitably vicious adversary with courage? While you can't take a blood test or a nasal swab to predict how you're going to face up to the unpredictable impact of a pandemic on your business, it turns out there's kind of a measurement tool for how skillful you are in dealing with uncertainty. I checked in with one of our podcast subjects from our first season to learn more. How do people deal with uncertainty? Those who do it best end up being successful. My name is Len Wysocki. I'm a licensed psychologist in the state of Connecticut. I'm in private practice right now in both clinical and professional coaching. This particular instrument that I use is called the Ambiguity Architect. Why it's of interest to me, especially right now, is because those characteristics that this particular instrument measures has a lot to do with success for people who are under stress and in a highly changeable environment, an unpredictable environment, very much like the one we're in right now in the COVID crisis. The reason why this particular content would be relevant to a small business owner is because the the bottom line is that people are people. Whether you manage five people or 500 people, the kinds of human characteristics that you need to be able to develop and the skills you need need to be able to show are the same. So a small business owner could take advantage of the knowledge of these competencies, if you will, or skills or or habits, as much as a person who's from a large corporation or perhaps even more, uh, who's managing many, many more people. Let me give you a little background on how I became familiar with it and why I think it's particularly relevant right now in, in the times we're in. Somewhere around five or eight years ago, I was at a conference at the American Psychological Association Division 13, which is consulting psychologists, many people who do what I do. And Randy White asked me and another colleague to actually work with him and had to do with his first creation of this book and of this instrument. But the title is Relax, It's Only Uncertainty. Philip Hodges and Randall White are the authors. And within that book, they talk about these characteristics and the actual instrument that comes from it. What was interesting to me at the time is that Randy had worked with the Center for Creative Leadership down in North Carolina for close to 30 years and had the advantage of seeing literally thousands of successful executives from around the world go through this center and take a number of tests. We used to call it a professional charm school. I, at the time, was working for Pratt Whitney, and I was aware of it. And we used to send some of our up-and-comers down to the Center for Creative Leadership. He had the benefit of 
looking at these people and watching them go through these different programs that the center put on. And he made scientific notations of what are the characteristics of these successful managers from all around the world, many different languages. And that's how he came up with this book and this particular instrument, because he was able to identify actual enablers or characteristics or competencies that were indicative of people from all walks of life, from all areas of, of the world who were successful in business. And I think that's really relevant right now because the most successful of those people lived in volatile economies, volatile political atmospheres. They weren't sure what was coming up next. They didn't know where their cash flow was coming from. Very much like what small business owners are dealing with right now. And yet they succeeded in spite of all those detriments because they seemed to have one thing in common. And that was that they shared these characteristics and were able to overcome some of the uncertainty obstacles that they saw in front of them. The book talks about two types of uncertainty, one which is manageable through use of an expert. And the second one has to do with the characteristics of an individual who does not have access to the answer or a person who may have the answer and has to literally come up with it themselves. First is great when you have the means to go out and identify an expert and bring that expert in. You have the means, the money, the, the time, and that expert exists. The second issue is more likely to be true for most people, especially now, who literally don't know the answer, who have to basically make do with what they've got, think on their feet and be able to display the kind of consistency and continuity and, and resilience to, to figure it out. And that's where these particular characteristics come into play because I think that's what they're focusing on primarily in the book and in this instrument. But I'm going to be focusing on what a person does on his or her own, assuming that type one is, is not easily solved with an expert. If you really get down to the, the concise areas that I think the average business person would need to know, what the research suggests is that there are characteristics that seem to be consistent with all those successful business people who worked in varied parts of the world, many of whom worked in volatile environments where they didn't know what the economy was going to do, they weren't sure of the political disposition of the country, and yet they were successful in spite of those things. And the enablers are as follows. The first one is referred to as motivated by mystery. And it essentially talks about the fact that none of these individuals, be they men or women, had an aversion to not knowing the future. They were in some ways excited or motivated by the fact that this was a challenge. It wasn't a detriment. It wasn't something they would commiserate or feel or perseverate about. They'd say, okay, this is reality. I want to be able to fix this. I want to be able to overcome this mystery that's in front of me. The second issue kind of follows fairly closely behind, and that is, in order for me to do this, and this is the thinking that the successful businessman usually has, or woman, is I'm probably gonna to have to take a risk on how I go forward, whether it be a monetary risk, or a personal risk, or maybe a political risk, but whatever it is, I'm motivated enough to take that risk, I'm not gonna play it safe. And that's what's referred to as risk tolerance. The third characteristic 
is called scanning ahead. The people who hold these particular characteristics do things like they're futurists. They're gazing into the future and imagining the possibilities of their idea. How can my business or my ideas of developing my business fit into a future that could be part of this challenge that I'm seeing? I can give you an example. For instance, in our COVID times, many restaurateurs have carved out areas outside of their buildings for people to sit and to be served. And they put gas heaters there to make it into a livable, comfortable area for many months during the year. So that they've been able to attract diners when they wouldn't have done so. So they were able to envision an opportunity or take a risk that this would bring in money. So many of those restaurateurs are small business owners. The, the next area is tackling tough issues. They're, they're just not afraid to do that. And again, using the same example, they're, they're investing money on the hopes that they're going to attract diners. And many of these successful restaurateurs have been able to stay open for that reason. They, and they were also creating a certain amount of excitement in doing so. They saw a personal challenge. They weren't afraid to take the risk. They dealt with the issue. And many of those people are basically, if not just hanging on, doing much better than they ordinarily would have done if they hadn't done so. The, the next characteristic is flexibility. And most importantly, they wanted to keep it simple. Most of the executives that I've worked with in coaching basically have a problem because many of these, if not all of these people, are very, very bright individuals and very are capable in their individual areas of expertise. Many of them are scientists or doctors or pharmaceutical uh, professionals, and they have a lot of intellectual prowess. But the most successful of, of those people are not those who can espouse algorithms and, and talk about you know fancy formulas and try to explain the intricacies of their particular knowledge base. They take the least common denominator and they just simplify the situation so the average person can understand what they're talking about and help the marketing people and be able to interface most productively with their colleagues and their subordinates. And the last thing is that all of these people need to be able to focus on the task at hand. They need to be able to stay purposeful in their ability to focus on the goal that they've set up, regardless of how complex or how risky it may be. So those are essentially the characteristics that were found to be uh, invariants, if you will, to amongst all of those business people from around the world who were successful. Some of the most successful people in business don't have a lot of education. They have a lot of desire, a lot of motivation, but not necessarily a lot of education and aren't necessarily seen as corporate executives. Well, that's the beauty of this. It's not something that would only be understood and used by well-educated, highly accomplished executives from large companies. And as a matter of fact, my guess is that there's, there's more uh, people who are seat-of-your-pants learners who develop these characteristics out of necessity. And uh, it has to do with their survival in a business. Uh, and they have to be flexible and they, they cannot be afford to be risk-averse. And they have to develop these characteristics with minimal educational props, if necessary. The restrainers are, uh, are the opposite of, of the characteristics I spoke of earlier. 
They're the things not to do, which as an example, too detail oriented or give explanations that are too complex. Be risk averse. They're essentially the opposite of the enablers I spoke of. And the reason why they want to delineate what they are is to make sure that as they measure the characteristics in the people that they essentially get data that show that they're opposite in those areas. It would be literally impossible for a person to be both detail-oriented and a simplifier at the same time because one contradicts the other. And we're looking to confirm that in this actual instrument and not to claim a person wants to do both because that's just going to get in the way. I think that the book itself is a great backdrop for what I've just discussed. A person who will just embrace these enablers and think about to what extent they really use them, display them, operate with them in their day-to-day business lives probably would be enough. But anybody that's hungry for more background and more more data, then absolutely, you know, the book has it. There's 30 years of research behind it. Uh, I like to keep things simple and just look at what works. As a small business owner, probably many of whom are feeling it the hardest, what I've seen on the executive side, professional side, as well as my clinical practice, is that people are demonstrating more anxiety and more depression around today in these COVID times than I've seen in years, essentially because they're being intimidated by the fact that there are so many things up in the air today. There's such a great amount of uncertainty. It's not clear how their kids are going to go to school, whether it's going to be virtual or face-to-face. It's not clear how contagious and how many risks they have to take in order to function in their business or whether the general public is going to allow them to function. There's a lot of uncertainty out there. However, my sense and my belief is that this has a beginning and it has an end. And we're forced to deal with it now, given that we're in the middle of it. But it will have an ending and be able to keep our sights on the uncertainty changing into a more familiar pace is what most of us, I think, need to do in order to function during these times. This particular set of characteristics helps us focus on those things that are going to be helpful to us now. I think there's a great correlation between the level of irritability that people come away from facing uncertainty and the mental illness or the dis-ease that people are feeling is a result of not garnering these characteristics enough. To be frightened of something would raise our anxiety. To feel helpless in a situation would raise our depression. If we take the risk, if we go forward with a goal in mind, if we are able to be flexible in figuring out different ways to conduct our business, we're all going to survive this. Many thanks to Dr. Lynn Wasaki for his professional insights about handling uncertainty. You can locate his practice on Google by searching for Leonard Wysocki, Ph.D. That's spelled W-Y-S-O-C-K-I. Thanks to Dr. Turtle for music, our theme is by Orchestral Movement of 1932. Small Business as Usual is presented by the Community Economic Development Fund, a nonprofit organization which provides enterprises in Connecticut with term loans, lines of credit, and commercial mortgages when they can't get traditional bank financing. For the seventh year in a row, we're Connecticut's top SBA microlender. 
We make business term loans at very nominal interest rates as small as a few thousand dollars and larger business loans too from a pool of loan capital provided by many of the state's leading banks. There are geographic and or income qualification requirements for the borrowers. You can find out more about all of this at CEDF.com. And this episode of Small Business as Usual is available there. It's number 20-5. Dr. Waisaki, I wish Zoom audio had turned out better for this episode, but it's the best we could do in a pandemic. Uh, I like to keep things simple and just look at what works. 